We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome to another episode of the Budding Heads podcast, part of Rams Talk Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Uh, we were going to take this week off because I was tired, and then uh, lo and behold, the Rams never stopped being crazy, even in February. Johnny's out of pocket, so I'm here with Derek Ciapala of Rams Talk Radio. How are we doing, Derek? It's been a while. It's been a hot minute, living the hot dream, living it all. Making magic happen somewhere in, in the world. Love being normally dramatic there. Honestly, <laughs> I'm just a teacher, man. I'm just a school teacher. Hey, man, so. doing the Lord's work over there. Uh, well, we we're here on a Saturday afternoon, East Coast time, uh, because yesterday, after lots of speculation, we got. I don't even know why I could call this concrete news, but uh, like about it as close to concrete as you can get that there may Jalen Ramsey may actually be getting traded. And this comes after a couple days after Bobby Wagner gets cut. Uh, also, I don't remember if it was yesterday or today. There was a nice little cryptic Leonard Floyd tweet about how he can, he knows what he brings to a club deleted a lot going on. Uh, and it's, it's interesting. It, we have no idea what the direction of this team is going after a 5-12 and 12 season. Sean McVay comes back, but here we are. So we'll start with Jalen Ramsey, and we could just kind of talk about all this little all-encompassing here. But with Jalen Ramsey, I'll just give the breakdown of the news, and then I'll pass it to you, Derek. Uh, NFL Network's Tom Palisaro reported that the Rams have had trade talks with other teams and are, in quotes, very likely – to move on from Jalen Ramsey in the coming weeks. This is after speculation that this is something they could do and that nobody internally has denied that they could do when asked about it, but obviously hasn't confirmed it. Uh, the Rams, if they make this trade, they only save $5.6 in cap space in 2023. 
Ramsey will incur a $19.6 million dead cap, but we are over the cap and we need to save money somewhere. Ramsey <laughs> responded to the news with a bunch of crying laughing emojis and then tweeted, the quote-unquote story sounds better than the truth sometimes, I'll admit that. I live in the truth, though. God is so great. I am blessed and highly favored. So, <laughs> clearly there's something here. Whether it's going to happen or not, this is something that the Rams are clearly actually exploring. Derek, what what is your take on this whole situation and ultimately what what does the move here even mean for the team and where we go from here? You know, it's it's weird to even get in this discussion because earlier this week, Mike and I finally got back at it for podcasting as well for Rams Talk Radio. We taken some time off dealing with our school years and everything and on the podcast, the conversation we had was Jalen Ramsey, uh, Jalen Ramsey, among other things. But the conclusion we reached just going through salary cap numbers and so on and so forth is it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense this year because of dead cap money and so on and so forth. We warned that the idea, though, is we've seen the Rams do crazy things with dead cap before. They won their Super Bowl with $40 million in dead cap money. Yeah. Basically, an operating budget, they won a Super Bowl with essentially – 40 million in cap space that they could not use because of what they committed to former players, which to me is, is, is a minor miracle. The, the idea for me was, and my original thinking was if Sean McVay comes back, he's coming back to clean things up and then leave. And with what they're doing now, that's not what it's telling me. It's telling me something different. You move Bobby Wagner out. It's clear they're at least examining Jalen Ramsey. And then there's the rumors, of course, of William. Uh, how do I keep saying William Floyd? Just Leonard Floyd. And if all those things happen, you're basically getting rid of three core members of your defense. You're getting rid of a lot of money this year that it points towards 2024. It's not like you are giving up long-term at all. It's not like you are throwing away this core in terms of what's left after that. But you start walking that ground between, is this a reload or a rebuild? And that's what I kind of want to figure out. Yeah, and and I think it's... um... I mistakenly tweeted yesterday that I don't think the Ramsey move is what signals a rebuild. It's what they do with the cap space. This doesn't give us a lot of cap space, which I didn't realize when I tweeted that. But I think it's what what they get for Ramsey is going to be the, a big indicator. And then how they move things around after that. I think with Bobby Wagner, the deal was kind of structured where they could easily get out of it after one year. Even though they're going to eat seven, $7.5 in dead cap with getting rid of Wagner. They're still saving some room, and ultimately, the defense as a whole needs a restructure, and I would imagine they will probably just shift to more one inside linebacker sets than two, like they had last year when they had the luxury of having Bobby Wagner. But Rams is kind of a different animal because you take Jalen Ramsey out of the picture, and you have one of the worst cornerback rooms maybe in the history of the sport (laughs) if he's not there. And it's and Leonard Floyd too. Whatever they do with him, we can get to him later. It's like you get rid of these guys, and it's not if you move on from Jalen Ramsey. And let's like 
the thing that we have to remember with Ramsey, even though it's not saving a lot of cap space, he's really fucking good, and they will get something for him. If they don't get something, like, I, I genuinely think if they don't get either a first-round pick or a really valuable second or multiple seconds or something like that, or a really good player that can contribute now, I don't think they would move him just because I, they don't they they need to make cap space, but they don't have to trade Jalen Ramsey. But that being said, even though it's a small savings for this year, it will open up things in 24, as you mentioned. And if you get something of value for him, if you get a first-round pick, you know, Jalen Ramsey's 29. He, not that he looked bad last year, but he certainly didn't look like he did during the Super Bowl run. I don't think moving him is personally the end of the world. It's just one of those things where, and we've mentioned, Johnny and I mentioned this many times over the last couple of months, years, when you move on from guys for cap reasons, and and any, any reasons, if you can't sign them, if you need to get cap space, you still have to replace them. And we've learned a lot of lessons over the years of, oh, you lose Von Miller and you don't replace him and then your pass rush is horrible. Are, like You shouldn't be surprised. when you If you lose Jalen Ramsey, like I just mentioned with the cornerback room, cornerback catapults to the number one priority that you need to address. And if you move him for a first-round pick, you might need to use that first-round pick on a cornerback because the secondary has been passable kind of just because he's there a lot of the time. Without him, our number one cornerback today would be who? Troy Hill's a free agent too, right? So it'd be like Kobe Durant or I I don't even know. It's just that, that dude from Michigan who's also a free agent. So yeah, um, long, long. And I just call him that dude from Michigan because I hate Michigan. The The thing is this though, at the end of the day, have to put a team on the field that isn't a compete long term. And when I'm looking at what they're doing, Again, my mindset was they're trying to reload for 2023, get things settled, and then McVay's going to leave. This has been my thought process. The actions say otherwise. It reminds me of what the Seahawks did after the Super Bowl run, especially their defense. This is back in 2017 when the Rams beat the ever-living crap out of them up in Seattle. Remember this? Yeah. And they had basically went and rebuilt their defense. They got rid of several all pros off that defense, and they were able to use the talent they, they moved up into their lineup to eventually be a, pro, a playoff team. I think that's what this is reminds me of. Now, the Seattle's not been very good at going to the next level since then, but they have been a competitive team. When I look at what the Rams are doing right now, this speaks to me more of that kind of mentality where they are trying to get the pieces in place to compete again quickly and what you need for that is cap space and draft picks. Well, they don't have many high-level draft picks. They have a good amount of picks. They're just not very high. And you, you, you need money. And you need, you need flexibility. The most important thing for them is flexibility. They're not going to have a whole lot of flexibility in 2023. They will for 2024. And there's been no franchise in the NFL in the last 10 years. I've said this ad nauseum. You've heard me say it over and over again that works their books like the Rams do. They find money somewhere under a couch cushion, somewhere they find it, they find a way. But eventually when you've renegotiated enough contracts 
and you've squeezed all you can out of your draft pick trades, you take your medicine. And Mike and I, that's the expression Mike and I have been using, taking your medicine. I think the Rams are taking their medicine to a large degree, but it looks to me like it's proactive. Like, you know, next year, you can, I think if they keep this team together, if they kept Bobby, Bobby Wagner and they kept Jalen Ramsey and, and they keep Leonard Floyd, they can compete for a playoff spot next year. But the Rams' mentality is not playoffs. Their mentality is Super Bowl. So you want to start cleaning things up and opening a room. Right. And they know they, they can make moves. My only concern about all that, my uh, Steve, is this. My concern is the mileage in the legs of Aaron Donald and how much longer does he want to play. And the mileage on Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford. Cup's had two pretty big injuries over the course of the years. Stafford's elbow and back are always a concern. And Aaron Donald, quite frankly, is flirted with retirement last year and has said he wanted to retire young. That doesn't tell me he wants he he's not going to want to play forever. So you're basically delaying your end goal by at least one year, 2024. That's concerning for me, especially when you don't have high picks. A, a Ramsey trade would hopefully get you a first, hopefully. But everybody knows they want to move at this point, so that that lowers your leverage. Well, I think it probably doesn't at a first just because, you A, the team you're trading him to is probably a contender, and so it's not you're not getting the fifth pick. Uh, and, B, we're going to have to eat most of his money, right? In a trade, I mean, it's $25 million total that we're – uh, kind of saving here. We end up saving five, but we eat twenty million in dead cap. So I and I don't think like I don't think they move Jalen Ramsey for a third round pick because, like you said, uh, if if they keep the team intact, uh, I know Wagner is already gone, but you keep some semblance of the team intact and everyone's healthy, and you patch up some holes. In a seven-team NFC playoff, you probably are close to, if not getting into the playoffs. And then once you're there, you know, anything can happen. I Do I think this team is going to win the Super Bowl next year? Most likely not. But when you have all these heavy hitters, if you get there, you have a, you have an outside chance. And I, th- I think you're right. Like, I think there are try- probably with moves like this trying to set them up for 2024. But like you said, yeah, like... I think Aaron Donald's probably here in 2024. Um, I would guess because he's he's slated to make a ton of money that year. He's probably that's probably his last year. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With McVeigh, I, th- I don't think you can really plan around McVeigh, honestly, just because I think he's going to do this every year until he decides he doesn't want to coach anymore. Um, and he doesn't, ha- he doesn't have a clock like Aaron Donald and Matthew Stafford have because he doesn't have to be on the field. But I think the most concerning thing to me is Stafford because mm. we, it's, it's unclear after last year what the deal with the elbow is. Like, I don't think we got an answer one way or the other on if it really affected him because everything around him was such a mess. And to waste a year of him, you know, unless one of your priorities this offseason is getting a QB and waiting behind him and getting that guy ready to go, which I don't, I feel like it probably shouldn't be with all the other holes you have. I don't know. It's just, it's, that's a, that's the toughest can to me to, to kick down the river another year. And, you know, like I said, I don't think, like, I think if they do aggressively go after a different cornerback, whether it's through the draft or through free agency, if you move on from Ramsey, you'll, you'll probably be somewhat okay, but it's just like, you have to replace guys when, when you get rid of them. And that's something we haven't done a lot. And we're feeling it in the secondary. We're feeling it in the defensive line. We're feeling it on the offensive line. Um, you know, we've attempted to replace every single receiver that's ever played for the team to varying results there. But it's I if if this move actually happens, I can't wait to see what else happens because it will kind of open floodgates to an extent. I think if I with Aaron Donald, like the guys do what almost. 60 million dollars over the next two years he's not getting that money elsewhere I think he probably does finish out that contract but yeah the window is short if, and I don't know you're not going to get another Aaron Donald so to he waste doesn't a year need is that tough. money though he's not Donald's never really shown how that he's driven long term by that that was the whole point of him talking about retiring after after the Super Bowl was he wasn't really that was his big goal he wanted to make his money he made his money. He got, remember, all that stuff, a lot of that signing bonus was front-loaded. So he's got a chunk of that money that is guaranteed. He's not going He's not going to lose. And the Rams at some point will probably want to move him. When you show that first sign of, okay, I'm no longer 100% elite, the best guy in the league, things change. And the potential out in his contract is after 2024. That year, it's $19.5 million in dead cap space after 2024. So this year, his dead cap is $44 million. He's not going anywhere. Do you think, um, though, that they would actually ever willingly get rid of him unless it was his request? Because, I mean— even guys like Jalen Ramsey, Todd Gurley, and Jer- to lesser extent, Jared Goff, because it's a different situation. Like, those guys are Rams legends, but I mean, we're talking about maybe the most important player in the history of the team here. I would say that he's connected at the hip to McVeigh. That's what I've long believed. Yeah. But I would also say this that. At some point, he is retiring, and I believe he will retire young. We're not going to see a 35-year-old Aaron Dalton in the NFL making that call now. Will he be around at 32, 33? Yes. But the thing about Aaron Donald that we've seen it for 
we, he's been so great for so long. What really gives him his advantage was actually what many teams consider to be a disadvantage. He's smaller. He gets up because, and because of that, he can get up underneath offensive linemen with that speed he has. Well, what happens when he loses a bit of that speed? He's kept an immense physical regimen to stay there. But Father Time catches up to us all. In the moment he loses so in that speed, a lot of his effectiveness will go away because of that lack of size. What was his advantage will become a disadvantage. When does that happen? Will it happen 2022, 2020? No, he was just as, as effective um, last year, just was hurt. He, I don't think that's happened yet, but at some point that will. And he seems to understand that, just judging in how he is, he's thought about that. I'm going to read, you know, he's talked about retiring early. He knows it. He's not, the guy's very intelligent. He has, and he has other ventures he's already involved in. So I don't even think, the Rams are worried as much about Donald because I think he retires early anyways. Yeah, but I mean, I personally do think, like, I think he probably plays in 2024 and then that's it. But, yeah, I mean, nobody knows. And, and yeah, that that is probably it. But, yeah, it's, it's only two years and to kind of punt one of them. But, uh, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll see. This is obviously a very fluid situation. Um, which is why we wanted to, to get some some thoughts into you guys today. But what personally, what would you like if you're less need? What would it take for you to trade Jalen Ramsey? Like, what's the offer you would need from another team? Is it a player? Is it a first? Is it both? Talking to me? Yes. Who else am I talking to? <laughs> you sound like less? you're kind of pondering to yourself for a moment. Oh, I got I, I, I want to. I want to back up to one thing. Um. And I'll answer that question. Going back to the Donald contract, just want to note that after 2024, if he plays that long there, there is no dead cap hit in 2024. In 2026, I mean, after 2024. In 2025, if they come, there appears from what I'm reading to be no dead cap. And what's weird, in 2026, there would be. So the perfect time to cut him with no, no nothing would be after 2024 or trade him. So I don't, if you're trying to, to make sure your books are in good shape, 2024 for him is key here. Now, yeah. At, but like, I know loyalty in sports is pretty much dead, but I'm a romantic here. I don't think you can cut or trade him unless he wants it. And you can't bring that proposition to him unless, unless he just deflates over the next two years. Uh, but I'm, well, I don't know. I You don't I, think they haven't had conversations like that? No, not with notice, him. Not with him. Did you notice with Bobby Wagner when the release happened, it was a mutual decision? Yeah, but called. he played here for one year. He's still Bobby freaking Wagner, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and if and out of respect for Aaron Donald, I believe the Rams would have that conversation with him, but I'll also say this. You've had numerous players who have come and gone over the, who are effective. I mean, star players who have been on this team and the Rams got them out of here and it didn't matter how connected they were. Todd Gurley comes to mind when it was time for them to go, they were gone. 
and sometimes it hasn't been pretty in how they've gone, but they have a, they, they, their mentality is a Super Bowl. And these players know that too. So we, while we all want to live in a world where Aaron Donald is a Ram for life and the, you know he's the one of the most important players in the team's history, part of what also makes him an important player is the fact of how good he is when he's on the field now. In 2024, in 2025, will he be as good? You know, that that's a different story. And if you're about winning a Super Bowl, those emotions can't be there, no matter how many of those emotions. And you got to think, Les Snead drafted him. Les Snead went and got him. Les Snead had like, a, has had a job for this long. I mean, he earned it at some point, but he has he retained through the Jeff Fisher shit in part because of this pick. In major yes. part because of this pick. And, and the fact he's very good with talent evaluation. I mean, that's the the thing too is we can talk about that, but you know, we've seen we've all read the articles, you've all seen the, the, the comments made. How come the Rams struggled so quickly after winning a Super Bowl, yet you have teams like the Chiefs and Patriots over the course of the last 10, 15, 20 years who managed to be competitive every year? And what it comes down to is for what the last four or five years, the Rams have lived on four or five stars and good depth and developing players. Well, they haven't developed players very well in the last two years, have they? No. Yeah. And they drafted poorly, uh, which I guess those go hand in hand, but yeah, it's like, you know, you know that's fallen off some. And I, I, Steve, I, I would go back and I would think of, look at all those different dudes who left James Holmes going to Detroit and he brings people with him and all these other people who have left Les's side the 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 people who've come in after him that's a lot of turnover man and that takes time to get that all reorganized anybody who follows the rams should have expected some sort of downturn as you get new people there and of course the moment you get new people embedded in the organization teams are coming in and ready again so the continuity aspect does play a role it really does. Yeah. But look at the look at the Patriots, and they had coordinators leave, and Scott Pioli left. At, you know, but for the most part, they've kept that organization developmentally together, and they've had their failures over the years, obviously. But you know, Kansas City has kept for the most part their development together. You don't see a guy like Brad Holmes leaving and going to Detroit very often. They stay with that organization, but by the way, he's doing a great job in Detroit. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, that that's a guy like that's a big deal, man. Yeah, and it's not to bring this up for the four hundredth time, but like as Johnny and I we 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 talk about that two two at Wellpick all the time and it's just like in a microcosm like how to not build a team long term taking questionable prospects at positions you don't need instead of, you know, better prospects at positions that you probably need. You know, just because you have starters there doesn't mean you shouldn't address the position, which apparently they believe at wide receiver, but not anywhere else on the roster. And it's it's been the last couple of years. Like, you look at, you know, obviously they've had a lot of late-round picks. You're not going to hit on all those. But, like, you look at the second and, I mean, guess mostly third-round picks they've made since 2018 or 2019 or so, and it's, you know, none of the most of these guys have not panned out, 
and that's that's ultimately where you know obviously the the house was built on Aaron Donald and Todd Gurley and then Sean McVay when he came in but you had those second and third round guys that you were hitting even like even before McVay got here you know you nailed guys like Janoris Jenkins and Trumaine Johnson and those guys are foundational Cooper Cup was a third round pick a foundational part of the team when you're hitting on some of those third round picks in big ways you can afford when you draft guys like Gerald Everett who's good but maybe not necessarily what you hope to get out of him and now it's like you're getting a lot more you know the top of those picks are like guys who have Gerald Everett-esque careers and then the bottoms are guys who get cut like Terrell Burgess and Terrell Lewis and just guys that don't pan out ultimately at all and when you don't have cap space when you don't have picks that's going to add up and I think you know hopefully this year if we do get a pick for Jalen Ramsey and hopefully we keep that you know pick 36 or 37 or whatever it is or turn it into more second round picks these are big picks and picks that they have to nail and get contributors not only who can contribute this year but have upside to be long-term contributors and I think even more than the Ramsey trade that's going to be a huge indicator for us and I don't know if there's been more pressure on less need since McVay came on than this draft uh, and I guess that's definitely true because they haven't made a first-round pick since McVay got here. Not that they have one this year, but this will be the highest pick they've ever made. Well, not ever, but... Well, under under McVay you know, and Sneed. Since the dawn of time, maybe. Um, <laughs> under McVay and Sneed. Yeah. Um, she would, 2016, 2017. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2016 with Jared Goff. That'd be, you know, McVay wasn't there yet. So, yep, that's about it. I think looking at this... It's clear to me that if this news pans out, the Rams are, are saying we'll try and win with our offense in 2023 after defense, um, getting the the books ready for 2024. That's what it looks like to me. And, and if there's a if there's a Leonard Floyd cut, <clears throat> which we eat this year, we would eat 19 million in dead cap and save three million dollars. That to me would be the biggest indicator of what you're saying. It's 2024. Yeah, because that would essentially, like, Leonard Floyd is overpaid, but by far our best edge rusher, and not bad. Like, he's still a quality player. He would get signed immediately, probably for a decent amount of money. Um, But it's a hard contract to trade, and like you said, yeah, if if that's a cut, if that actually ends up happening, which it it might based on his— it was his first tweet since August. I think that's why it's a big deal this— speculation here um but that's a future move for sure unless you trade him and get yeah. something and hopefully I, they can but and it sounds like he was taking it personal and I, I wouldn't i would i would be like you know this is not about now they're looking at looking at two years from now yeah and i get like it's probably well I, it's probably really hard for todd Gurley when that happened but i would assume he would understand it more than like leonard floyd who's you know, maybe the last year was the fourth or fifth best player on the defense. Um, but when you have that hefty of a contract, tough decision to be made. And uh, I guess the Bobby Wagner thing was mutual, but that's another one where it sucks that we wasted a year. The only year we had him here, uh, he played very well, but you need to create space somewhere, like literally need it to field the team next year because they won't let you if you don't create the space. 
that was an easy one to get out of. You already have an inside linebacker. You can kind of just reshuffle things around and, uh, you know, just play less two inside linebacker sets. But Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With Leonard Floyd, like I said with Jalen Ramsey, if he goes, we also have one of the worst edge rushing groups maybe in the history of football. It just means you're going back to a fourth ring. Ah, Is that what you think? Well, if you only need one inside linebacker and you have a draft coming, yeah, but we uh, we don't we also don't have personnel for that either. We don't have personnel to field any defense right now. Yeah, but you you're you're making the internal decision. What's our philosophy going to be from this step forward? If you're getting your best edge rusher, who's on the outside as a linebacker usually, and you're going to go with one guy inside, and you're looking at the contract. Not, don't forget, Gray Gaines is a free agent, yep. so they got to replace him. So now they're looking at what type of player do we want to have in there? What about Ashawn Robinson? Where does he fit? He's more of you know he's the guy's huge. He's a free agent too, right? Or yeah, so, a potential casualty. or close to it. Like he could be. So you have to make those decisions. So what that tells me is they're probably looking at going to a four three, and that would make that move more understandable. Yeah. It's, there's no good answer because we don't have the personnel for a 4-3, but we also don't have the personnel for 3-4. Um, and, I mean, like, I don't think the Bobby Wagner thing, Leonard Foote, I think, probably would be a big bit more of an indicator, like you said. But we've been, I mean, we've virtually been playing without inside linebackers for five years before. Or I guess it was only, like, two in between Corey Littleton and uh, Ernest Jones. But even when Littleton was here, we were mostly playing one inside linebacker sets, right? We had we just had the, um, like the third safety in there, kind of as a hybrid. We had a, a, mo- a modified three four basically. Yeah, but to me, right now with how they're they're kind of maneuvering around, it looks like that shift is coming. So this is yeah. my thought. That would be interesting. How? So we're like, we want the person enough for this, we want the person enough for that. Well, that's the whole point. You get your philosophy. What do you want now? So you get your building blocks in place. And then once your building blocks are in place, okay, this is where we're going to go for agency. This is where we're going to draft. And then we'll see them draft this year heavy, probably on the defensive line, offensive line. And of course, they'll need some corners. I, I want to, because, you know, this is like, I'm usually here with Johnny. This is like when, uh, Cuddy Rhodes and Seth Rollins fight for six months straight, and then you finally get to see him with a new opponent. I want to know what you think of my conspiracy theory here that I've been touting a little bit on this podcast. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but I think if this draft goes the way a lot of drafts have gone recently where teams don't prioritize running backs and the top running back off the board, which I would guess would be Bijan Robinson this year, is there in the like late 20s or early second round. Derek, I am dead set convinced that they would trade up for him and draft him because they're psychopaths and this is what they do. 
And I don't know how you feel about my theory here. Is it the right move? Probably not. But history tells me that this is something they would do. Despite all these needs we've talked about, even if they get rid of Jalen Ramsey, even if they trade with Leonard Floyd, I am still not convinced that they wouldn't do this if the opportunity presented itself. Well, I would think this way. What It all depends on any kind of haul they get for Ramsey. But if they get a good draft pick haul for it, and what would that what, what they would do is they would basically be willing to take on, they'll do what the Cleveland Browns did years ago. They basically bought draft picks. <clears throat> they took the dead cap hit. On the bigger hit on Rams, they'll take any kind of extra contract. They'll eat that in 2023, and they'll get the higher pick out of it. So then, if they have extra picks, because don't forget they have a, quite a few comp picks this year, low picks but still comp picks. With all those picks, do they have enough faith in their development? Right now, they're going to pick 36 the draft. Overall, I mean. If you get a solid haul and you see that dude sitting there, you in their mind, they'd be like, well, listen, we can have our cake and eat it too. We're going to be a really, really bad defensive team in 2023. We can get around that by being a ball control team and essentially run the crap out of the football in 2023. Keep our defense off the field as much as possible. So how do you do that? Well, you – the their depth chart right now at running back is gosh awful. I could see them maneuvering around with those extra picks that come from Ramsey to go get that running back and then get all development development people behind them. They still have a second and third. So Yeah, and good second and thirds. Usually it's bad second and thirds. Yes. A thirty six and sixty nine. So let's say they get a low first rounder, another third rounder you know, another whatever. Okay, you almost have a full draft there. And they can pack your six-round picks to move up, pack your seventh-round picks to move up. They have four six-rounders. It's not a good it's, – it's an awful draft pick load, but they have picks to move around. I would say, if I'm the Rams front office, they did. And, it's, and people forget this. They got a lot of young players out in the field the back half of the year. And a lot of those young players played well. A lot of them did. Did a lot of them play well? They did. They did. Okay. They did. The offensive line, even, towards the end of the year, played a lot better. Yeah, that that I agree with. Go look at their numbers. That I agree with. Okay. So if I'm them, I think, okay, we can develop these. We can develop these guys. Let's move around. So you're talking. I think for sure they would go get that. They will get them. And by the way, I don't think they'd be paying to do it if their plan works as they want to work. Because they have shown, even though they have not done as well in the last couple of years, they have shown they can develop draft picks. They that's how they won a Super Bowl. It wasn't because of the stars. It was because of the, their underneath. The problem was that developmental. That it's fallen off the last couple of years, but they're capable of doing it. That's why I see. That's why I think we've seen this coaching overhaul, and we're seeing guys being this move out and bringing back Aubrey Pleasant, the, p- people who were effective here before. 
and people that McVeigh knows that the mad scientist bringing in his little group again. And that's why we're seeing this overhaul. And if that's a good sign to me, so I don't, I don't think you're crazy. And I don't, but I don't think they're crazy if they pursue that because what happens if Cam Akers acts out again this year, no matter what? And yeah, and, and there's Cam a question. Get, Is he if he can the... get over himself, yeah. If he can get over himself, and the Rams can ball control with a bad defense this year, they're going to win more games than people think they are. It's what I was hoping for all along with Daryl Henderson, by the way, where they would be able to use both running backs and really mess teams up. It's just nuts how much, not that they've invested heavily in running back over the last couple of years, but they've drafted a bunch of them and we're still having this conversation. And, you know, Akers, to his credit, flashed a lot at the end of the year. We'll see if it's fool's gold or not. I wonder, I wonder if they think it's fool's gold. But, yeah, like if, if, that, if they get that extra pick, if that's sitting there. Um, but, yeah, so do you think, like you mentioned the offensive line, which I definitely agree played better. Like if they have that mentality where they're like, we saw enough, we're going to be able to develop this group and don't make any big shifts there. Like they don't invest a first or second round pick there. They don't invest a – big salary maybe they go get like a a cheaper vet are you feeling okay like with that group if that if that's the route they go i feel better now than i did midway through the season and i what i think they do honestly is they're if they're getting rid of the defense which is what they're doing what i think they're going to do is going to go get a bunch of deeper veterans for the offensive line this year. Proven guys who may have a year or two left, short-term deals, and meanwhile, you're going to focus your draft on getting guys on defense you can develop in a really bad, on a really bad defense next year behind with a guy like Aaron Donald who can kind of show the ropes. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that makes sense. And I think that's something they probably do. And, um, or it could be the opposite. They could focus in on the um, folks in the draft on the offensive line, and you get a bunch of cheap veterans for defense. I think the I think the upper tech staff are doing the veteran route. Yeah, for offensive line. In like I think the one position that they've struggled mightily to develop players at. Um, under the McVay-Sneed regime is edge rusher, defensive end. And I think they – I don't think they have so much hubris that they don't realize that, and I think that probably is something they would try to address with an early draft pick that they've never had um, because, you know, edge rushers and, I guess, like, offensive tackles are positions that if you don't get them early – the 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 guys you can get in the draft just deplete. Uh and we got lucky I I, I guess kinda lucky with Joseph Nopum. We'll see how that plays out. Um we got lucky with some guys that we experimented with this year that played okay after he got hurt. But yeah, I think if if, if it's a normal running back draft where these guys don't get drafted early, it, they'll be in play. Because McVeigh has been chasing Todd Gurley since Chad Gurley's knee broke down. Uh, well, hey, man, 
It's uh... I get it. I get it. I get it. I just I <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah. I don't know it's because you're, you're it's kind of weird because in the past and this is how I've kind of evolved as a person who's, who's watched this team. I was so sure this is what they're going to do. This is what they're going to do. This is what this is pointing to. And this is what they're pointing to. And then they go do a draft. That is, what was that? Or one year, I was so set. There is no way on freaking earth they are going to trade Todd Gurley. They're going to move Brandon Cooks because of the cap room, the caps are dead cap space. And what they do, they did it both in the same offseason. And, and in the end, it worked out for them. And I think that's what people, including us, like we're, we're pretty critical. We can be very negative. They call me, you know, Debbie Downer. Derek, Derek Downer. Um, but I think when you look at the Rams' moves since 2017 and how many times we've been critical of those moves, they've been right about 80, 85% of the time. And you're never always going to be right. The problem is, is when they've been wrong, they've been really wrong. And we saw that in 2019 with the way they, they put the put the offensive line together. And we saw it this year where the depth they thought they had when everything fell apart wasn't enough. And, of course, everything fell apart. I'm not sure any team could have survived um, with the sheer injuries early in the year the Rams did. But it did expose a lack of development in the last two years. But again, like they've been right much more than they've been wrong. And I'm hoping they're right now. Yeah. Even like whenever I go on my rants about how god awful their draft have been lately, like you said, they were right on both of those decisions with Cooks and Gurley. They were both fairly controversial. They were right about Gurley because, you know, that was kind of the end for him. And Cooks, even though he's good and we could certainly use him uh they got a good they got good value for him they got a second round pick for him uh which we used on van jefferson so you know it's up in the air if that worked out probably not uh but still the right right process there in the end they won a super bowl yeah. in the end right you know i don't and, and for guys like van jefferson i don't necessarily blame van jefferson the rams themselves haven't exactly done their offensive players' favors over the years. Now, they have I go back to 2017, go back to 2018. What really worked for the Rams was a screen game, right? And now they, they're the team that runs among the least screens in the league. But they were really good at running screens, and you've gone away from those strengths. You got a Daryl, you had a Daryl Henderson who was brilliant in college with screens, and they barely ever ran a screen the guy. But we'll run Tyler Hibby out <laughs> for a screen. Yeah, so this is... their play calling over the years has been uh, questionable, and they haven't always used their talent to their strengths. But I think their personnel decisions, for the most part, when they decide to let hey, how about this? Let's clarify. When they decide to let someone go, they've been right a lot. So if they decide that they, it's time to move Jalen Ramsey, it's probably time. If they decide to move Leonard Floyd, it's probably time. Because they've been right probably in those areas over 90% of the time. Do we ever say Corey Littleton's name ever? Ever? <laughs> yeah, that. 
No, yeah, he's had a rough career. It's they have been like one of their biggest weaknesses is sometimes they've handed out bad contracts, but one of their biggest strengths is they are never afraid to be like, well, that was a bad contract. Let's fucking move on and get on with our lives. Um, yes, and that and you got to pull the bandaid off, and yep. if you pull off just right, you'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna be a fun off season. Um, well, Derek, we got a lot of off season, so I mean, we could probably end it here unless you got anything else you want to hit on. Well, I do want to put this out because we we we've obviously been offline a lot. Life happens, but it is February twenty fifth as we're recording this. That means free agency starts in just a couple days. And we're back. So as we begin unpacking this offseason, make sure you listen into Ramps Talk Radio. Make sure you listen into Butting Head and get all our weird perspectives. So try and dig through this with you and process it with you. And make sure, as always, you follow us on social media where you can ask questions that people like Steve will lovingly answer on the podcast. I think a- he does. Amen, Derek. And uh, if you guys continue your break and you're making this up, listen to our podcast because <laughs> I'll mention on every one about how you lied to your listeners. In this no, <laughs> no, our break's over. Our break is over. Love our to hear it. Over. We missed you. Oh, geez. Yeah. We miss it. <laughs> all right, man. Well, uh, you threw out all the Twitter plugs, so we'll wrap it up. We'll talk to you guys soon. We're out. All right. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.